It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Good morning. It's the WIP Morning Show. Elliot Parks and James Seltzer in for John Ritchie and Jody Cameron. Rhea Hughes, Joe Wechter on the ones and twos. And joining us right now, back to the phones in a minute, it's our pleasure to welcome in for the rest of the show our guy Ruben Amaro Jr. in studio. What up, Ruben? Right on. What's going on, guys? How you what doing, up, pal? Great to be with you. Oh, it's a pleasure. So this is my maiden voyage with you guys. I know. I don't think I've ever worked with you. I'm very excited yeah. to, uh, to pick cool. your brain. Yeah, Look at that. Cool. What a thrill. Two, two, two goats. Two well, two people that'll probably, yeah. well, someone that'll agree with me. James, unfortunately, has been wrong for the first hour, <laughs> yes, but yes. I'm uh, sure you're used to that from, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that happens. It's been happening for years and years and yeah. years. What a, what a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Uh, all right, we'll get to the film. In a little bit with Ruba. I want to get his thoughts on the Yamamoto rumors. We've got some interesting audio from John Heyman on that. And of course, the Otani contract. We've been talking a few days, but Ruba, we're obviously talking birds right now. Uh, get to the thoughts on the players versus the coaches, but just your thoughts coming off the last two games, the ugly loss to Dallas. Where you at with the birds right now? Obviously 10 and 3, but but going through a stretch. Yeah, I mean the the, the birds have had like the toughest schedule in all of the NFL, right? And, and by far. And and, and they also yeah. had that target on your back when and it's tough to win, man. Back to back wins and, and to put yourself in a position to be in the Super Bowl, that's not an easy thing to do, obviously. I I I've lived it myself on the other side in baseball, but um, whenever you're in a situation where you have to like replace two coordinators and bring them, bring basically rookie coordinators in, mm-hmm. I think it creates a difficulty and an expectation. I mean, when you're doing that for a team that's like that's expected to win, mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And um, and you know, I think it's all like a matter of adjustments. But I do believe that it's like a you know, as far as blame is concerned, I don't like to do the blame game. But I mean, it's everybody, and you know, it's everybody. Uh, I think it's you know the scheme. I think it's the uh, the players who have not performed all that well. Um, it's a team that has to be really good offensively and should be, and it hasn't been. And it's because they've been turning the ball over, and and that's uh, you know that is um, player related more than anything else, as far as uh, you know for me anyway. I'm curious from your perspective, like the Eagles have a team are a team that have won a lot over the last year and a half. Yep. You were part of Philly teams that won a lot, right? And I know one game in football is not comparable to baseball. 
But when you are a team that's won so much, then you kind of get hit in the mouth like you have the last two weeks. Like, what's that like in a veteran locker room or a winning organization? Like, how much do they question themselves? How much is the right amount of panic to hit? I'm just curious from your perspective on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, typically in that, in that clubhouse, when you have winners and you have people who understand what it takes to win, they're pretty even-keeled. So we always had really even-keeled guys. Um, and so, yes, uh, it, is it annoying and is it uh, difficult? And uh, are, are, you, are you pissed off? Yes, mm-hmm. there's no question about it. But, but I think at the end of the day, they – they know and believe in themselves and they'll continue to just play their game and, and understand that they do have to make some adjustments. Um, but when you have a winning type of a clubhouse, which I do believe is uh, is evident with the Eagles, much like the Phillies in that one run we had um, and the guys that are playing right now, I believe that they believe in themselves and it's just a matter of them, hey, we went through a tough stretch, it's time to go play football again. Well, Rube, one more thing and then back to the phones, 215-592-9494. You were part of teams that went obviously all the way and then went back. You know, oh eight you win, oh nine you go back. Year after you lose, you lose the World Series. You know, we talked a lot coming off losing the Super Bowl, how hard it is, and then to have this type of schedule, this type of grind. Like, is it possible that as good as this team is, as much as we believe in them, that this kind of just run is catching up with them, and that that they might just kind of be tiring out? Um, I think that they, it's been a difficult run. I mean, obviously the defense has been beat up quite a bit over the last couple of um, you know last couple of games. They've had a lot of snaps. We've talked about this a, a, a lot, but um, I, I think more than anything else, when you are that target and people know that you're coming in town, um, you are so highly scouted. You're everything about your team is picked apart to the point where I mean, when we were in the playoffs for five straight years. They know everything about your players, your weaknesses, your strengths, and all those things, and they continue, you know, each team is looking to chip away, and I think that's what happens over time. Um, and it's a matter of, and, and this is where the difficulty becomes from schemes, is now you got to make some adjustments and figure out the adjustments that you need to make that be successful again. Um, and sometimes it's just about going back to the basics, what makes us best, and going with that. Yeah, I, Ruby hit on two things that I I think the biggest thing coming in the season I was concerned about was the two new coordinators. I thought that was something we didn't make a big enough deal about coming in. And the biggest thing I underrated was the target on the back. I didn't think that was a real thing. I was like, ah, come on. Like, you know, everyone's gets it's the NFL. It's been clear. Like, teams that have really shown up to face the Eagles each week, and I do think that matters. I yeah, do. There, there, there's no question about it. And, uh, again, like I said, you get picked apart in a different way because um, – they know what coming in that week. They they've they've got a challenge, and uh, there's a just a really talented group. But if you can find ways to pick it apart somehow, um, they're they're going to find those ways because I mean, there's other intelligent uh, you know coordinators and people out there on the other side of the ball. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. The Eagles is it more? And look, we all agree the defense is a is a problem, but the offense is what needs to turn around to turn this season around. Do you blame the coaches or the players more? There is blame to go around on both sides. Rube just talked about some of it. Turnovers, certainly on the players. Adjusting, that's on the coaches. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones and talk to our buddy Gary in Whitehall. Hey, Gary. Hey, it's the Go Birds song. Yeah, Birds buddy. What's happening? How about what it? up, Gary? Hey, um, the blame is on the coaches. Mm. The last five weeks, they cracked 60 plays twice on offense, and one of them games was an overtime game. Yeah. It, this is on the offense. This defense, they are talent-strapped, especially in the back, and 
they are worn out. This offense is not doing them any justice. Well, Gary, I, I agree with you that this is an offensive team. Like, I, I think the defense is fun to talk about, but ultimately the offense is what's going to win. They are an offensive team with an offensive head coach put together by an offensive general manager who's hired by an offensive owner. Like, and look, they lost five starters on defense, yes, and yes. the offense is mostly the same. But I, And I think that's one thing we don't talk about enough with the defense is the offense puts them in bad spots, too, with the turnovers. Like, when you're turning that ball over, you're putting the defense in a really tough spot. Interesting fact, though. Of the nineteen exactly. of the nineteen turnovers this year, the defense only let up a touchdown after four of those. So they've actually right. done a pretty good job, like you know, putting out the fire when the offense turns it over. And earlier, Rhea, Rhea brought up a, a, a really big point: you can't just target three guys. If you're gonna just target three guys, then just put seven offensive linemen up there to protect Jalen. Yeah, Rube, no sense. Gary, uh, Gary, what's your uh, give us a uh, title with food, and then I'm gonna get Elliot's thoughts on that. Uh, I'm gonna go with American Pie. Oh, it's a great answer, oh. American Pie. I actually just rewatched it recently. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, it's. Oh, I was thinking the. It's okay. Was he, I don't I know if he's going the, the song. song or the. Yeah. Oh, it's a, we didn't know. It's oh, a du- I guess it's yeah. a double bang. I assumed the song. The American song is, Pie is a great song. Song yeah. better than the movie for sure. All right, Elliot. To what he was talking about there, your thoughts. Look, I, you can't just throw it to three people. That I, I get that. Like but, a game where they only target three. I don't know if I've ever seen well, that Well, it's the first before. time all year it's happened. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Now, obviously, yeah. Alameda got a target on special teams. But I just, I can't get down with it, the it idea. It is funny <laughs> that we, you know what's funny that is that yeah. we totally, like, that's something that if they, you know, we, if oh, they had won, we would play, talk yeah. about that for years. Forever. And yeah. I, I forgot it happened. Well, because I looked now. on the stats. I'm like, I when did he catch a pass? just yeah. now. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I just, I can't get down with the answer being like, Throw it to Julio and Jack Stolmore. I, it, I get but the, it's no, more no, 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 no. That's not. How about yeah. how about Swift? Yeah, but also it's not Maybe. just that. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that. Here, it's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me. Every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the it's the idea of targeting other people so that the defense knows that you're actually going to throw it to other people and doesn't just put all their their defensive resources. Yeah, but most teams three guys. don't have three guys like the Eagles do. So I, again, I'm not. You should not have a game where only three players get a target. That I'm fine with. I just don't think the issue on offense is they need to throw it to Quez Watkins once again. I just don't like I. I they're they're again like AJ Brown dropped a pass like there are plays to be made the issue is not the scheme and how they're doing things the issue is the players executing better 215-592-9494 is it more the coaches or the players that have been the issue on offense we got a long segment coming up we're going to get to a lot of calls get in now 215-592-9494 Ruben Amaro with us for the rest of the show plus coming up at 7:30 Peter King we're going to ask him about this issue of the coaches versus the players. We're going to ask him about the uh, NFL doing the Eagles dirty and moving that game to Monday night and a whole lot more. That's coming up. It's the morning show. Don't go anywhere. So bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rising, and this will be the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Look at that. Wow. It's a great song. Beautiful. John Ritchie's not even here. We're singing on the morning show. What a thing. 
It is the morning show. Good morning, everyone. 215-592-9494 to get involved. Peter King coming up in about 10 minutes. Howard Eskin at 8 o'clock. We got Ruben tomorrow hanging out with us. Elliot Short Parks and I in for Jody Cameron, John Ritchie, Rhea Hughes, Joe Wechter hanging out. It's a party with uh, Don McClain playing. Got a quick stat for you. Oh, good. You know I love your stats. I know you do. You're a big stat guy. I'm an eye test guy. I like to see what I see (laughs) and then react to it. I'm with you there, so. I I am too, but I think We've been arguing about it all morning. Stats back up sometimes. Like enough with the stats, all right, Rube? You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. What do you got So I think there's this perception that the the throws are tougher this year, right? That, That guys aren't as open as they were last year. So last year- the amount of separation A.J. Brown had. So when the ball was thrown his way, how, how much was he open by? Last year, 2.6 yards. This year, 2.5 yards. It's the same. Like, the guys, it's the same with Devontae. The guys are just as open as they were last year. It just, the, and that's why the results it's are similar. Guy. One well, guy. Well, it's the two guys. <laughs> it's, the same with, it's the same with Devontae. Trust your eyes. The eyes are saying the offense two, is just one, like it was five, last year. Five. No, they're not. They are not. The it numbers, is, the numbers no, are right forget there. Forget the numbers for a second. Ruben, I'll ask you, does this look like the offense we saw last year? It does not. They're not pounding the ball on the ground Thank the way you. they should be with uh, yes. Devontae. And I, I and I, I, I to me, it's about getting control of the game. And they're mm-hmm. not controlling the game the once the, the way they once did. And well they're not the, getting leads the way they were. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. Let's get some calls in. Peter King coming up in just about eight minutes. Go back to the phone. Go to Fish Town. Talk to Tommy. Hey, Tom. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Tommy? Uh, so, in my opinion, I think it's uh, more Brian Johnson's fault mm-hmm. than anyone, because I think his scheme's just not there. He's not getting the guys open, like the one player that said to Derek Gunn, like, "Oh yeah, Dak takes two two steps and the ball's out." That falls on the offense coordinator to get something like that set up to get our QB in rhythm. Yeah, Tommy, it's a great point. Like, why don't we ever see those slants to AJ, the short passes, the easy stuff to get in rhythm, to get easy plays? Like, that seems like it's not even a part of the offense this year. So, what I thought was interesting about the criticism of the anonymous quote, right? I I, I get that it is, in in a way, a criticism of the coaches. But to me, that also read as, like, the quarterback's got to get the ball out quicker. You know, like like the like they're he's holding on to it too long. And but again, maybe the they're not giving him up. easy ways to get rid of the ball quicker. I think Jalen likes boom. big plays. I, I, I'm sure he does. Yeah. That's the way you know it's a way to win in the NFL. But but Tommy, to that point, like you can't just have big plays. You need you need the short plays too. Exactly. And another thing that I think I see, but it might just be me. Uh, I think Sean Desai isn't doing a bad job because. The defense steps up when it needs to at certain times, but I think the defense is kind of getting to the point where it's like, come on, guys, we can't keep bailing the offense out, not blaming the players to where it's the coach. Like, if you're not going to change things up, we're not going to play to our full advantage. To and, and Tommy, I don't even, and, and that's part of it. I think, like, we might just be at a point, to Elliot's point earlier, and Ruben mentioned this, but – this defense just might be cooked right now from a from a tired perspective, and they just kind of need some time to 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 build back up. Tommy, give us a a title with food in it. Uh, I'm going to go with a good classic, 
Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's a big answer. Right I almost there. said that one. New movie coming out with Timothy Chalamet. We all excited? Yeah. Uh, I hated the first one. I have no I'm interest not that in excited. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. The real the thing is, like, do, was good. do we need another? Like, Johnny Depp just did another, what, like a 15 years yeah, ago? Right, or whatever. Right. Do we need another that one? That wasn't great, though. Speaking no, of no creativity, yeah. what are yeah. they, the Eagles right. passing game coordinators? Twitter poll question <laughs> of the day. Well uh, done, Rhea Hughes. Boom. Twitter poll question of the day sponsored by Armin Chevrolet. What's the Armin difference? It's simple. It's their people. Well-trained, friendly, and caring. Find your roads. Visit Armin chevy.com the question today who do you blame more for the eagles recent offensive struggles is it a that coaches b the players will check the results later in the show coming up in about five minutes peter king let's go back to the phones and talk to dennis in springfield hey dennis hey good morning gang uh before i get to the 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 blame game i still say that if you would have played the niners and the cowboys in week four and five and the results are the same they still lose those games and then you would have played the last two weeks, Washington and the Rams. The level of panic and blame w- would not be anywhere like it is right now. You still have the same record. You still would have lost to the same teams. But the perception of the team would be so much different. Well, and Dennis. You're t- probably right. What's funny is there's a lot so of what like. happened in the Niners, right? Know, they lost three in a row earlier, yeah, and now no one's talking about it. 100% true. But it's also funny how people are like, well, they can't beat Dallas. They're not in that class. They literally beat they Dallas beat earlier yeah, this year. Oh, for sure. And, and they won't be going to Dallas again, right? So, well, so hopefully, they buddy. won't. They hopefully. Won't. They're going to win the division. So so if they play Dallas again, it'll, it will be in Philadelphia. And uh, as far as the blame game goes, before the season started, if you would have took Hurt, Smith, uh, A.J., DeAndre Swift, and Dallas Goddard, them five, and put them up against the Niners five and the Cowboys five, we, we had the best. I agree. We had the best. So the, the the level of drop-off from them guys is so severe as compared to the level of drop-off from the defense. I didn't expect this defense to be a top-10 defense. Well, and, but Dennis, I, I disagree that the level of drop-off has been severe from this team. I mean, they, they still are one of the best offenses without question in the but, NFL. But, 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 I mean, like, look, we can look at the record, and they're 10-3. and three. They're a plus 21 in point differential. Well, they played I a mean, really tough do, schedule. Do you know what that – I mean, that 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 is closer to the 2016 team I know where they is, were at but, this point than where – they were like a plus 170-something at this point. 160-something at this point You can't overlook year. the schedule, especially in plus-minus. You just can't. Like, they, they've played I agree, five, but five that, of the best six teams I agree, in the but that is – a drastic difference in plus. Minus. It's hard to say yes. that, they, that these guys have, I mean, uh, have underachieved, I mean, but right? They, but but they're so elite that you have an expectation that they would be even exactly. more. Exactly. Look, Dennis, I came into this year and I still feel this way. Like at the end of the day, this season is a success or failure for me. If they win the Super Bowl or not, like I know that's high stakes, but that's it. If they don't win the Super Bowl, for me personally, this season was a failure. And that's the bar they set. And exactly. You guys, exactly. I, mean, in my, you know, I think they went from a top, the top offense in the NFL to maybe the fourth in the NFC this year. They may even be behind Detroit in, in, in offensive I mean, productivity. Per, they, they could be. Dennis, you got a, uh, a title with food in it? Yeah, I was going to go with my first stop, but that usually doesn't get me nothing. So I'm going to go with uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. All right. Well, good answer. All right. I also think another part of this, and Ruben, I'm sure there's something you can relate to having overseen one of the best stretches in Philly's history. Like, you know, we think the team is, I don't, you know, disappointing or a step back or whatever. They're still one of the best teams. I just think what we're dealing with a little bit here, which is what all teams deal with after they're coming off a championship, is 
the the expectation is essentially perfection because you build the team up in your head to the point like last year we overlooked the fact they almost lost to the Colts they almost lost to the Cardinals there was a stretch where they couldn't score in the second half like they couldn't stop the run for a long time so I just think this perception that the team isn't as you know isn't as impressive or as good as last year I don't know if that's true yeah I mean I, and, and that's it's so difficult to win People like forget that. Yes. That, that yeah. even and especially in the NFL. I mean, that's the reason why they had the movie. You know, any given Sunday. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I mean, for me, it's all about um, being consistent and making the proper adjustments that need to be made to allow your best players to perform. And and it's a combination of of being able to do that. Yeah. No. I, look. And and look. It's hard. We talked about this all off season. Like it's hard to go all the way to the Super Bowl to make a run like that. Lose the Super Bowl that way. And then ratchet it back up and come back and do it again. Like that's that's a diff, especially when you add in the schedule. Well, they were and that's given. what I'm talking about the perception. Like the, the, what we're talking about today and all week has been like, oh, the offense looks ugly. There's only three teams in the league that score in a higher percentage of drive. So I just think after coming off last year in the excitement, and look, the Phillies dealt with that this year too. After losing the World Series last year, when this season started, it was probably the most anticipated season in forever. Right? They come out there one and five. I I just I think dealing with the pressure is so much harder than people realize. That for the Eagles to be sitting here at ten and three, and Jalen to be in the MVP conversation, and for them to have one of the best offenses, like that—that that is an incredible accomplishment. So th- they need to play better than they have the last two weeks. But this idea that the offense is broken and the scheme needs change and all that—I just I vehemently disagree with it. Peter King coming up in a few minutes. Let's go back to the phones. Go to West to talk to our guy who we spent the yes. time with in Dallas. Had a great time hanging out with our guy Drew in Westchester. What up, Drew? Go Bucks. Show. What is up, folks? How My man up, Drew. It's been a long time. Good to hear from you. <laughs> right, right. I haven't, I haven't talked to you guys in. I haven't, <laughs> haven't talked to you guys in forever. Um, cool. So, uh, look, uh, you guys know I'm a big uh, Shane Steichen fan. I think it'd be naive to say, like, coaching isn't an issue at all. But my biggest issue right now is with the players, and it's specifically with uh, Jalen Hurts and the fumbles. I think when he fumbled in the Super Bowl – last year i think we were so surprised because it was relatively out of character Mm -hmm. when he fumbles now i'm not surprised anymore i was screaming from my seat the other night hold the ball hold the ball like secure the ball so to me that's the biggest thing that has to be cleaned up we always say that like teams take on the personality of the quarterback i don't think it's total coincidence that you know aj and Devontae fumbled after he did. So I just think over the next four weeks, that's the biggest thing to me that I got to see fixed. Like you could overcome a bad play call, but an ill-timed turnover can sink, you know, six well, months of true. hard work at a season. So I just need him to stop with that. And look, Shane did an awesome job last year. He's doing a great job with the Colts. This is not meant to diminish Shane. I just think it's so hard to compare Brian's job to Shane's job because of what you just said. Like, Shane didn't have to deal with turnovers on the seven-yard line. Shane didn't have to deal with, you know, a turnover on the first drive of each half. And Brian has. And I know ultimately everything that happens on the field falls on the coaches. But if we can all be honest, like, the fumbles are not on the coach. Like, those are on the players. So, I just – look, Shane did a great job, but I think Brian has dealt with tougher circumstances than Shane has. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. They're the one. They're not the ones out there, you know, fumbling the right. ball. And I, I know this it sounds very extreme, but we know, you know, Jalen has said he takes the hard coaching. I mean, I go as far as to say to him, like Jalen, look, you fumble the ball again, and like QB draw is like I, going off the call sheet. I heard you say this earlier in the week, like, and I think you, it's you a good point. You got to get this out of him. Yeah, I I agree with that. We talk so much about why he's not running as much. I wonder if they just don't trust him to hold on to the ball the way they used to. Uh, that I mean. 
That would wow. be a, a exactly. <laughs> that's rea- a wow. That's my I mean, reaction. Seriously, is like that, if he's like, gonna fumble this route, like, why would seriously? You... Is that is at that where rate. we're at? Because yeah. that's a disaster. If that's the case, that is a, a real issue. Drew, give us a title with food in it. Uh, you got it. I'm going uh, Strawberry Field Forever by the Beatles. So it's an amazing mm. answer. Also, we'll take you inside baseball here. Joe Wachter, when we were talking about the side topic in our pre-show meeting this morning, Rube, what do you think of this? He mentioned Strawberry Fields Forever. forever. Elliot Shore Park said, what's that? Hadn't uh, heard of it. Yeah. Come on now. I, and I like the Beatles. Do you even know when what you were born? <laughs> 87. So I was, also, yeah, his little brother is named after Hey Jude. His little yes, brother's again. named Jude. Like, I come from the Beatles I, are yeah. a part of his yeah. family. Wow. And you know, do you even know what Strawberry Fields is? Period. Like, any of uh, it. Yes. Hey, and Jude I must be my favorite. That's my mom's name. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> great song. <laughs> Better than whatever this Strawberry song is. Oh, God. Wow. You've never heard it. How the hell do you Well, the know? fact I haven't heard smokes. it tells me it's not as good. That's a little scary. Thank you. So, this is one of I love Elliot, one of my best friends in the world. My big problem with Elliot is he speaks from ignorance a lot of times where he will say oh this is better than that even though I don't know what that is I'm going to say that the thing that I know is better than that just because I don't know it because I haven't heard it it's probably not as popular which makes it not as good it's a horrible, horrible way. That's a bad take. Thank I don't you. know, that's a, that's I don't know about take. that. Thank you. It, it, well, this goes back to a long-rooted debate of ours, which you don't have to get into now. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not going to dive into it. Yeah. It'll just it'll just make people angry. Yeah. Ruben, uh, question for you with yeah. the Jalen thing. Someone where and, and and whether you've seen this in baseball, I know you see it a lot of times with pitchers and guys who can kind of lose their arm slot or things like that. But but with Jalen, like the the up until this season. And Elliot talked about this a lot. Elliot used to say his single favorite thing about Jalen Hurts as a football player was how much he protected the football. Yeah, he sure does. Do you, what, what, like, what can you explain from the mind of an athlete from this type of thing where is this something that's spiraling on him? How can someone who is so good at this particular thing kind of go down this, have this kind of run here where, where it's a mess? I see. I view this as, as Jalen trying to maybe, because the offense is not clicking the way it typically uh, or you would think would, I think he's maybe trying to do a little bit too much, and I think because of that, almost like when Charlie Manuel used to say, "Less is more." When guys were struggling, um, you know, really great players, sometimes less is more. Sometimes backing off a little bit is it, you know, makes allows you to play the game that you typically play. And I think he's probably trying to do a little bit too much. And at the end of the day, maybe get trying to get that extra yard, maybe you know, doing whatever it is that he wants to do um, to try to create offense. He's probably taking his, you know, his his focus off of what is the most important thing that's protecting the ball for him. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We're going to go back to the phones in a few minutes, but on the line now, uh, the dean of football writing, of course, Football Morning in America, NBC Sports. Our guy. Once a month, we get to talk to him, Mister Peter King. Peter, how are you, sir? What's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, we're doing, you know, we're doing good. Minus the uh, the last couple games here, Peter. You know, you've been on with us yeah. uh, a couple times now, and we've talked about, you know, an Eagles team that keep, kept winning games, but they weren't doing it in a in a in a pretty way. You know, an ugly ten and one. People were saying, and then the last two weeks, obviously against good <laughs> opponents, it has cratered a bit. Peter, what is the league saying about this Eagles team right now? Is it more the the ten and one team or the the 10-win team we saw before or the issues we've seen the last two weeks that people are leaning on with this team? Well, I think there are things to be concerned about. Uh, I never thought that over the span of three games, I don't care if they're playing the, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Bill Walsh 49ers in their prime three weeks in a row. It's 
it's it's disturbing that they've allowed 36 points a game over the last three weeks. It's disturbing that uh, their opponents in the last three games have had 30 possessions and scored 19 times. That's that's going to get you beat in the first round of the playoffs, and I don't care what seed you have. Um, I mean, unless you score in the 40s all the time, which you're not playing the Giants in the playoffs last year all the time. Uh, so I think so many really good teams have bad stretches, okay? And over time, I don't necessarily want to say it's meaningless because it's meaningful. What's happened with the defense now is meaningful. However, this team is too good to be stuck in this rut, and I don't think they're going to remain stuck in this rut. Uh, and I think clearly they have a schedule, even though, you know, the Giants now. With two, you, they're they frisky the all of a sudden, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're a ridiculous team now. You don't know what is going to happen, and you can't be sure that you're going to sweep them, you know, in two, of the, in, uh, in two of the last three weeks. But, but I just think, I think that, Everybody around the organization and the team in the city probably just needs to take a deep breath and say, listen, really, really good teams have bad stretches. There are reasons why uh, they have bad stretches. But if you look at almost every year, with the exception of 07, every year the Patriots would go to the Super Bowl, uh, they had either a bad game or games, a bad stretch, And they recovered. And I think the talent and the coaching and the administration of this franchise are good enough so that it's not gonna uh, it's not gonna ruin their season. Peter, you mentioned the schedule. I want to get into a few things with the schedule. First and foremost, just this stretch that they've been on, this gauntlet that you know we talked about coming in, and and has been about as bad as 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 we expected it to be in terms of the, the toll it's taken. Um, did you think the schedule was fair coming into the season for, for a team like the Eagles? I know you get a first place schedule, but to face back to back teams with, you know, to face your two biggest games with Dallas coming off 10 days of rest, the Niners coming off 10 days of rest, the way this thing is, is shook out. Do you think the Eagles were kind of done a little dirty? No, I don't. I mean, first of all, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas city chiefs coming off last year, the NFL is going to look at your team and is going to say, we want to put this team on national television as much as possible and in big windows as much as possible. And look, I, 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 don't, I don't know this, but I hear things like that from, from people all the time saying, oh, my God, we got screwed on the schedule. I bet. If you look at over the last five years, there have been multiple times where the Eagles have faced, or the Eagles have either been coming off a bye, facing a good team, or you know have been in the opposite situation of what they're in this year, and it's worked to their advantage. That's just what happens a lot of times if you're a good team, and the NFL doesn't set out to say hey, listen, let's give San Francisco or Dallas extra rest going into playing Philadelphia. That's just the way it goes. And I think the other thing I would say is I think that 
in in talking about that, if, if if you were to tell me, if you were to tell me that you think that the San Francisco Philadelphia game would have been different if both teams were on the exact same amount of rest, I'd say you're delusional. I understand that it's not perfect, but I don't think the way the schedule has fallen really has very much to do with what's happened the last two weeks. So you say you think if they were on even kind of footing that the the result would have been similar. Maybe, you know, you're delusional to think it would have been different. I'm curious, after these last two weeks, like, where do you think the Eagles are in the hierarchy of the NFL? Because they had the best record. They've had the best record in the NFL for, you know, almost a year and a half or whatever. They were in the Super Bowl last year. But I think there's a lot of people that doubt this team now. I'm curious from your perspective and maybe from people you talk around the league, like, where are the Eagles viewed compared to the Niners and the Cowboys? I think they're probably uh, behind the Niners right now. But you have to always say that with an asterisk because you say they're behind the Niners, which I think anybody logically would say. They just got their clocks cleaned by the Niners. Uh, And they gave up touchdowns on six straight possessions. So, you know, they're, they're not as good as the Niners right now. However... The Niners are not the Niners if they're not totally healthy. So what team is going to take the field when the playoffs begin in the middle of January? I don't know. Mm. Uh, But if the Niners are totally healthy, they're the best team in football. Uh, But, again, we saw what happened in the middle of this season when they weren't totally healthy. They lost to Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati in consecutive weeks and scored 17 points in each game. So football is a fragile thing. Having said that, today, at this moment, I would say the in the NFC, uh, the 49ers are number one. Dallas is number two, but not by a lot. And then I would say Philadelphia is number three. But I would say if Dallas and Philadelphia played ten times this week, Dallas might have a six to four edge, but it also might be five five or six four Philadelphia. I don't view last week's game as the be all end all game of this season. Philadelphia is too good. Their talent is too good. They are being challenged right now. They'll respond. I I bet a lot of money that they'll respond. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Nick Sirianni and then offensive coordinator Brian Johnson because offense has struggled the last two weeks. They're obviously under a lot of heat now uh, in Philly with the offense struggling. What do you think of Sirianni and then Brian Johnson? And also, what does the league think of Brian Johnson? Because we can get myopic here, Peter, you know, watching the play calling and this and that, but I know Brian Johnson was a... a you know, someone who was was coveted as an offensive coordinator around the league and a you know potential future head coach. I've heard a lot of places. What does the league think of Johnson as well? I still think Brian Johnson uh, is very likely to get a head coach interview or two. I mean, unless this team just absolutely craters down the stretch, and I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the Eagles every year the road is 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 littered with teams that. Uh, that, uh, you know, produce head coaching candidates and they produce them because they're playing well and these coaches are good coaches. In my opinion, coming out of last year, Brian Johnson was probably the hottest position coach 
you know, and, and non-coordinator of any coach in football. And, and look, you know, this is a team that's still, um, you know, if we're, if we're looking at it, this is still one of the highest scoring teams in football that's had two bad weeks. So I don't really think it's that big a deal what has happened to them. Uh, in terms of Brian Johnson's future, and I think he's an excellent football coach. I think every coach goes through a period where life sucks. That's just the way. <laughs> that's the way. The nature is. of the business. I yeah. think fans feel that and, way too right now. And and Sirianni and look, Nick Sirianni is a really good football coach, and he's got his team that re- he's got a team that responds to him that respects him and that's going to play hard for him all the way. So I think sometimes, you know, when you have two weeks like the Eagles have just had, there's no question. It's the sky is falling. But the Eagles right now today, without any question in my mind, are one of the five best teams in football. So, you know, that's where you want to be in the middle of December. Now, if they lose a couple down the stretch, I might change my tune. But I think they're going to sweep down the stretch and end up playing well and be whatever fourteen and three, whatever the record would be, maybe thirteen and four. They might lose one, but I think they're still going to go into the postseason. You know, one of the one of the teams to beat uh, throughout the league, not just the NFC. Love it, Peter. You made a lot of people feel better with that answer. There's been a lot of consternation. Thank you so much for taking the time, Peter. I can't tell you how much we appreciate. It. We'll talk to you next month. No problem, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, look, uh, Peter King, uh, uh, more positive than than others. So it's good to hear there. I thought he was a little strong saying it was delusional to think the game might. <laughs> might did, yeah. We all kind of looked think, at each other. I think way. he took a shot at you there, saying uh, the Niners aren't close. To, Eagles aren't close hey, to Niners. I, we I, said I think the perception that the Niners are clearly the best team in the NFL is wrong right now. I mean, I think you have to give it to them. Uh, I, look, I don't I, have to give it to them. <laughs> okay, I don't. Okay. I, like, I, I think the Niners are a great team, and maybe right now they're playing the best. But this idea that they're better than the Eagles, to me, is still not correct. The Eagles, to me, have the better quarterback. I think they have better skill position players. They've been the better team over the last year and a half. I'm not going to use a small sample size to to dictate or to change my opinion on that. I, look, I get it. I, I Look, I think the Eagles can, again, become a better team than the Niners. I think to say right now they're a better team than the Niners is silly. Like, the and, Niners are playing better for And them. I think if the Kansas City Chiefs had been given a schedule like that, and had come through it at three, and it would be like the greatest, you know, yeah, look, look at the I, adversity again, they've I, overcome. I agree. And, and look, I think a lot of it is, and I, look, I was defending this team at 10-1, and one, and I, I, I was defending him at 10-2. and two. I was mm-hmm. one of the few people who wasn't as angry about the Niners' loss as the others. But I said I need to see him show up in Dallas. And and that was the other frustrating part, is that they it looked like they lacked focus in Dallas. It looked like in, in a massive game where you could have locked down the division, locked down the one seed, theoretically, or at least put yourself in a great spot for it. Yeah, they didn't show up, and they made dumb, dumb mistakes, and they looked like the, they looked like the far worse team, and that and that was what was so. I don't disagree with that, but I don't think that should change how we view these players and coaches overall. They are still the best in the league. Two one five five nine two ninety. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four. Let's go back to the phones. Howard asking coming up in about fifteen minutes. Let's go to Cherry Hill and talk to Eric. What up, B? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, man? How you doing? Um. Yeah. You know, I had a different point, but. You know, Peter, like, you know, that that was just a really frustrating uh, thing. Um, 
you know, the NFL definitely did the Eagles dirty. I agree. Like, I, I I think the and to like that part that I didn't mind. I, the delusional part about saying the Eagles are better than Dallas that that or San Francisco. That's fine. What I like him saying that that ten days rest for seven days rest doesn't matter. That's crazy, well, especially at this point in the season when guys are and, beat up. That's crazy. And I think what he missed, Eric, is like he's right that teams play primetime games, all those things. It's about the order of the games that they exactly, were. and it's yeah. the, the it's the, not the opponents. The opponents are based they are are set like. It's about the fact that they had to play those six teams in a row, right? And he's gonna he's gonna pretend like, you know, the NFL execs or whoever makes the schedule don't sit down there for hours figuring out, you know, ten days rest this day, Monday night, mm-hmm. Thursday night. Like, give me a break, man. Like, they totally did the Eagles dirty this year. And I get it. You know, they're they're the, uh, you know, they're the NFC champs. Yeah. But yeah, this this year this stretch was just absurd. Like I agree. I mean, and though so, I mean, real quick about like my original, you know, the sky's not falling. We lost to the two best defenses in the NFL, arguably. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Fran and Eric, Dallas. I agree with that. Just to look, I I have the Eagles can still win the Super Bowl. I don't think the season's over or anything like that. But to the point I made before, you just said we lost the two best defenses. What concerns me is those are the teams you have to beat to win the Super Bowl. Like, I don't care about going 14-3. and I don't care about getting the one seed. Like, I want that for the reason to win the Super Bowl. Like, the only thing I care about with this team is winning the Super Bowl, and anything less is a failure. And if this team is good enough to beat the batter, you know, the mediocre good teams, but can't beat the best teams, then that's still a problem. Yeah, and I think Joe made a point uh, either yesterday or the day before you know, uh, would it be better to be the one or the two seed? I would actually prefer to only have to face one of the two mm-hmm. teams. Let let them, I, let them, Fran and Dallas. I get it, but you can't guarantee that. Other. Like, yeah, I, the, the yeah. Packers or Rams could definitely beat Detroit. Like, yeah. I don't think that Detroit at home in the first round is a lock, and that's what makes me nervous about that is, what if you have to play three games and play Dallas and San Francisco in those games? I'd rather get the one and just guarantee that at yeah, least I get yeah. a week off. But I get your point. Eric, you got a title for us with food in it? Uh, how about uh, Ratatouille? Ra- oh, oh, yes, yeah. clever. Ratatouille, I like yes. that. Ooh, nice. I really like that. I love that movie. Do you uh, Love that movie. Elliot, uh, do you know what Ratatouille is? I mean, I know what the movie is. Yeah, I know. for sure. You know okay, the, wait, no, I do not. You did not. I don't you, get the food it's reference. Very, it's, a dish. <laughs> it's not the rat, I'm guessing. That's, yeah. that's, it's named, the movie's named that because it's a food dish. Okay. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Right. But yes. The more right. you know. The, the more you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ruben, your thoughts on the Eagles schedule. And we talked before about, you know, uh, we think they did the Eagles kind of dirty with this schedule and all put together. <laughs> Obviously, look, you've been in situations where I'm sure when you've seen a, a Philly schedule come out, you're like, ah, oh, man, really? Like 17 straight days on the road or this or that? You look at that type of stuff. Do you think the, the NFL kind of did the Eagles dirty with this schedule or is it the nature of the beast? I think it's uh, a little of both. I mean, I think they did them dirty a little bit, but uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's all about TV. At the end of the day, it's about it's TV. A, it's a and business. Money, yeah. And it's a business. And, you know, there are rules that are set in place where uh, there is some protection, but, you know, uh, it, it's obvious that they're able to play another Sunday, you know, Monday night game. And, and they've because they're so popular and because there's so much discussion about this team. I mean, you got to love the fact that this is one of, you know, it's not America's team, obviously, uh, but but it is also um, one of the most popular teams in all of football. And so people want to see them. And when you have matchups like this, 
um, and that it have big implications, I mean, you're going to see that, uh, you know, on a national level. Well, and also, we can debate, like, if the NFL did them dirty, whatever. I don't think what is up for debate is you have to take the schedule into consideration with when discussing how you view the team. Of course. Right? Yeah. Like, so, so whether the schedule is fair or not, the reality is the schedule was the schedule, and it, it affects the numbers. It affects, you know, how they play all those things. So I just – I can't sit here and say, like, that, that, that they definitely can't beat San Francisco because I think where, when they played them in the schedule absolutely had an impact. Of on course it. it did, and I think they absolutely could beat San Francisco. My concern is not necessarily that that you know just the last two games. It's that this offense hasn't looked great all season. Like, and I no just point, disagree with that. But it has. Like, look, you can you could cite numbers all you want. When you watch this offense, it hasn't looked. Easy. It's been dormant for halves, and then Jalen exactly. wakes There's up no in the second half, and so the numbers. Do look better. It's just it has been very inconsistent. I, I, yeah, not, like I, I, especially and again, it all we my whole point with this is this has to be viewed through the prism of facing the best teams in the biggest games. Like all that matters to me is winning the Super Bowl. Literally nothing else matters. So through that prism, like I need them to be good against the best defenses. I need like I'm going to like they have to be judged harsher in the right. games that are against better teams. And I mean they did put up 37 on Buffalo, who, who it, are but, six but in the league. seven in the first half. Yeah, again, agreed. it goes but, back but, to my point. I need them to be consistent but, because in a playoff game against the best teams, you can't make those mistakes early and not have them come back to bite you. Especially when we're talking about winning three or four straight against good. But teams. But I'm curious, do you know how San Francisco's points have been distributed amongst quarters? And San halves? Francisco's up like plus 180 or something. Yeah, because Playing an easier listen, schedule. Listen to this stat. Is it easier enough where they should be 160 points better in point differential? Joe Giglio sent me this stat. Listen to this. Since 2000, there have been 106 teams with 10-plus wins through mm. week 14 of the NFL season. Among that group, the 2023 Eagles, again, of 106, the Eagles rank 103rd yeah. with a point differential of plus 21. So it, it, of, of 106 teams ever with 10-plus wins at this point in the season, the Eagles have the third-worst point differential ever. And I'd be curious to know of those 106 teams, how many are coming off playing in the Super Bowl and how many have this schedule? Uh, uh, but yes, but you have to but take that into part, consideration. Of course, but it's point part of what we're seeing. A, but point differential is also a flawed stat. But, but again, the, uh, I agree. It's yeah. not a perfect stat, but that is still a damning number. I don't think that is a damning number. So you don't think point differential matters at all? I, I think it's... I think it's almost irrelevant. Oh, almost. that is that is crazy. They, they, they play it different shows teams. how much better you we are just, We've teams. just spent the last 20 minutes talking about how teams. tough the schedule is and how it impacts things. And, how, and now all of a sudden it doesn't matter when talking about point differential. But again, it matters to a point. Because if the Eagles were at the plus six. 80 or something, I wouldn't be bringing this up. They could be half as good as the Niners plus two. They're, they're out of 106 teams, they're the third worst because ever. Because they're playing a brutal schedule coming off the Super Bowl. Like you have to take that into consideration. I am. I'm saying even with that in consideration, that's a Disappointing number. Even with that consideration, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Fight, go- fight, fight. Uh, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Jimmy and Hapro. What up, Jimmy? Hey, good morning, guys. So listen to this. So here we go. I think the Eagles. Uh, back in the summertime, I went to a camp and uh, showed the side guys. I told you guys way back in the summertime, the guys are frauds. Mm. When you look at this defense right now. All he has to do is watch some film and do his job. And for some reason, I don't know. You don't he's... think he's watching film? Yeah, I'm I pretty sure he's watching, he's watching film. But... He's definitely watching film, but I don't think he's competent. And I think the Eagles signed a yes man to that job, and that's why what what's what's going on. You can't so, learn as you get. Uh, uh, hold up, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. I, look, I uh, look. I don't think Sean Desai has been great or anything, but. 
we have to acknowledge that the players that he has on defense, I mean, they lost five starters on defense. They have linebackers and safeties who have been horrendous this season. And to Elliot's point, and I mentioned this on the show yesterday too, like the pass rush isn't getting home. Like this is a defense that's based on your front four getting pressure and they have not been getting pressure. I, I Look, I'm not saying Desai has been great, but okay. where do you see that Desai is the whole issue with the defense? Because I think it is far more personnel on that side of the ball. That defense is gassed every game lately. Right, and, so what do you want them so to do? Are, wait a hold on a second. The Eagles are giving the ball. Yeah, they're giving the ball in bad, bad scenarios for the defense. They're on the field longer. I get that. But a coach should take control of his team along with the head coach. And then the offense as well. Anybody looking at this, the Eagles will win every game out if they go straight back to the RPO and run the RPO effectively because right now all the linebackers are doing just saying he ain't throwing the ball here. Nobody's even coming at us. They're just going come and get us because we're going to control you. I, There's no Jimmy, I, I actually agree with you from an offense. What, uh, you got a uh, title with – I want to play some audio before we get to Howard asking coming up in a minute. Uh, Jimmy, you got a title with food in it? Oh, yeah, the Apple Dumpling Gang, guys. Apple dumpling. You want? I, I'm going to give you. This is dating. I don't know what that I is. I was so a tell me. very young child. It was the first movie my brothers ever took me to. It's um, Don uh, Don Knotts. Don, Don Knotts. Knotts. Yes. Really? I saw it at the Ben movie that? theater. And would here's here's a trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. Who was born? And they were living over the Ben movie theater on Woodland Avenue in Southwest Philadelphia. Wow, I will never get this in a million years, but it sounds like an interesting person. Who's it going to be? I believe it's Ray Ninja. Ooh. Wow. Not that, I will that. say the I believe makes it a little, uh, no, not, sounds I'm, like you're not sure. Right. No, I'm pretty sure that, that he is. I'm, I'm sure, pretty I'm sure it was in around. his book. That's great. Wow. Ray, so, Ray is the best. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fascinating. All right, Apple two, dumpling. That, I had never heard of it. All right, 215-592-9494. Howard Eskin is coming up in a minute. But to that point, the caller just made about the offense and – you know, putting people in positions to be successful, disguising what you're doing, doing mm-hmm. different things. Uh, we played this audio yesterday, but I want to get Ruben tomorrow's thoughts on it, your thought on it. Uh, Ron Jaworski was on with us on Tuesday and basically says this exact same thing. Here's what Jaws had to say. The play calling is about probability, not certainty. And you try to dictate the defense uh, you know, our coverage. And we're not doing a good enough job, in my opinion, of giving enough uh, you know, window dressing offensively to dictate those matchups that we have to get. So I'd like to see you know, more formation variation with motion. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think the you know, play-action pass game is best when you're under center. I don't think we're under center enough to use the play-action mm. pass game and don't run the ball well enough under center. And we kinda, you know, when, when you're in the shotgun all darn day, you kind of dictate to, to the defense what you're doing. They know what you're doing. There's a, you're limited in your play selection. So there are, there are things we could, we could really drill down on, but I think those are a couple things that pop out to my mind first of all. All right, Elliot, your response, mister, it's not the coaching. It's just a, it's a miracle they score all these points with such a flawed offensive <laughs> system. You have to wonder how they ever get in the end zone. I mean, yeah, it's seriously though. Like, I'm being serious. Like, you're, that, you're, like, you're, you're shirking, like dude. Like you watch this offense, they don't look that good each week, man. It's that's, certainly it's less just, too. That's not correct. Like, no, it's, you're it, just basing it off stats and not what you stats, see. Stats are what we see. No, where do you stats think the stats are part. Come from? Stats do not tell the whole. They don't story. tell the whole story, but they tell a large part of it. Like the fact not is, enough, they have clearly one, they have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Bro. That, that is, but, indi- but they have not performed that way. Not performed that way. I, I, that I right. think Agreed. that I've seen enough, uh, and I will defer to Jaws because the man is sat. The man knows what he's looking and at. So, and so, for me, for a team that has this much talent, and and again, the, the expectations are super high. When you have this much elite talent, it's about making sure that you make the adjustments that are necessary to bring that talent 
to the surface, and that has not happened over the last. I think that weeks. is a great point. Like, yes, you can have great players, but you can also put those great players in positions to succeed. All right, Howard Askin will join us in one minute. 